Okay, let's get started. Yesterday is Daf with Daf Chaf number twenty, and today is Daf Chaf Aleph number twenty-one. We have a mind for Shalema, for Das Basronya, Imi Basvora, and all else. Yisrael Ben, Chana Pesel, and all else who need it. And uh, with that, let's get started on the review. And um, the question is, is that. Uh, we started off talking about this uh, case where two people, two people um, signed on a star, and uh, these two people signed on the star. They passed away, and then two people come and testify about their signature, and they say, "Yeah, that is definitely their signature," but. But it wasn't kosher for a different reason. They were forced to sign. They knew more details about it. They were not kosher witnesses at the time, etc., etc. So basically, they'll be believed. But if we have independent testimony, um, independent knowledge of their signature, so then we basically would d- uh, disregard their statement. Um, and we would accept the star as a valid star. That's what we saw. And on that, the Gemara says that I don't understand. Why don't we look at this as a classical two verses two? And in any two verses two, the halacha is, is that uh, we basically can't act on it. We basically, they cancel each other out and we have no information at all. So if you have no information, that means you have no star. If you have no star, so then you can't take away money or whatever. So um, that's the question. So Rav Shesha says to explain this is that uh, must be that we say that like this, that Hakasha which is a contradictory testimony, is the beginning of Hazama. It's like the first step of being disproving the witnesses as being not even able to testify at all. And uh, just like we have a rule when it comes to Hazama that you can only be Mazim, the witnesses, in their presence, you can only find them false directly to them, so you can't do it after they're dead. So the same is true for the Akasha, that it's not a proper Akasha if they're not here. And that's what Rav Shesha's thought is the explanation of what's going on over here. Came along Rav Nachman and he said that that makes no sense. And here's why. If you go through the, the thought process, let's say they are here. What will happen? Two witnesses say, yeah, that's our signature. It was a perfectly fine signature. And then two witnesses says, no, you were forced to do it. It's not true. Okay? So it would be two versus two. We throw it out. Okay, now you're telling me that because they're not here, they're more believed? Why would they be more believed than that? If anything, if they're not here, then there's at least a possibility that should they be here, they might even admit that, yeah, we were forced. We were children at the time, or we weren't kosher witnesses at the time. They're not even uh, necessarily arguing. If they were arguing... So, so uh, therefore, says Rav Nachman, that basically the ruling here is, is that you put the two against the two, and you put the money where it used to be, and that's what happens. So the same... Thing similar to what we did with the property of Barshatya, the story goes, Barshatya was somebody who was at times of sound mind and times insane. And uh, the, he sold some property, and, front, and two witnesses came and said that he was, he was uh, insane when he sold the property, and therefore it's not a valid sale. And two others said that, no, he was of sound mind when he did that. And uh, Ravashi says, what can you do? You put the two against the two, we have no information here. And then you leave the property where it was before it was sold, which is in Barshatya's property. 
Now that which we that that concept is only if we have you know this is a a family property that belonged to Barshatia's parents. So then that's why it uh, it stays in his uh, domain. But if he he bought it and he sold it, so then. Uh, you know, that's not really called having a chazaka that it belonged to him, because the, the same questionable sale goes to the same questionable purchase. So, uh, so therefore, we wouldn't necessarily give it to Parshat. But anyway, that was the principle. Came along Rabbi Vo, and he said that this, uh, that, uh, this really, now that, you know, we came with Rav Nachman, we basically do make a distinction between hazama and akasha. If anything, Hazama uh, must be in front of the witnesses, but Hakasha can be even not in their presence. And uh, if you have Hazama which is not in their presence, so then um, even if though it may not be a valid Hazama, but it does uh, qualify as a Hakasha, and uh, and it's accepted as a, as basically disputing testimonies. Oh, okay, then we went on the other statement. We said that if there are witnesses that saw their signature coming from every, from somewhere else, um, and it came from a star that was questioned and certified. So why do you need it questioned and certified? It sounds like only then would it be acceptable, which is like Ravasi says, because Ravasi says the only kind of star that qualifies as a kim, you know, just because we have one document, and say, look, here's another document. I don't know that that's valid as much as, you know, maybe that one's not valid just like this one's not valid. It's when you have another document that was questioned as to its validity, and then Bethan came and did the research, and they said they certified it as valid, then we know that this is actually valid. Another case that would work, now Tari says, is that the, the, in order to akim, is uh, if you have two ksuvas or two fields with those same signatures, and uh, the bylum and the owners had it for three years without any uh, issues. Okay, so in other words, then that's an indication that that's a real star because uh, nobody questioned the validity of the sale. That was it stayed in that person's property without any the seller uh, complaining that it wasn't real, wasn't legitimate. Um, now, Rav Shimi Barashi adds on that it can't be that it was held on those documents all by the same person. In other words, he's saying here, this document says that Ruvain owes me $1,000. Oh, you don't recognize those two signatures? Here, come, I'll show you. I have another star. I have a few stars with the same signatures. That's fishy, okay? Um, and that's because he maybe copied it, copied their signatures over because he has the two signatures in, in, his, you know, in front of him. So um, what about the fact that, what if it's by somebody else? Maybe he went and saw it and, and copied it. That's a lot harder to do. And we're not choshesh. We don't suspect that that happened. Next, we learn is that the person can write his testimony on the document, meaning, let's say he was a witness to something, so he can write down the facts as a, as he remembers them then, and then later on when he comes to testify, he can refer back to his own notes and use them as his um, to help him with the testifying. But that's provided that without any notes, he does remember the basic information. Just some of the details were, you know, helped along with that, with his note taking. And that's fine. Um, Rav Yochanan says, you don't even need that. Let's say he doesn't remember anything um, initially, but it's only by reading the document that it actually reminds him of, of, of the whole story and then the details that also does qualify. On the basis of this sheet of Rav Yochanan, 
Rabbi derives that, uh, you know, if you have two witnesses that come to testify and one of the witnesses forgot, the other witness can actually remind the, the, the witness that forgot about what happened, about the events, and, uh, and then he would be allowed to testify. Because um, once you're allowed reminders to jog your memory, so what's the difference? So the question then was, is that, okay, what if the reminder doesn't come from the other witness, but it comes from the Baldin himself, the person who is taking those witnesses to prove his point? So he's saying, do you remember that, you know, I, so-and-so borrowed money from me, it was in your presence, etc., etc. So he's, you know, these are the details. Is that acceptable or not? So he said that um, uh, Rav Chaviva said yes, uh, but Marbury de Ravashi said no. And the law is no. We don't accept, we can't use the person, it's called, I think that's what I used the terminology yesterday, leading the witness. You know what I'm saying? Like you're using the information, you know, you're providing the information that he should, you know, kind of like follow along with that. Um, now, however, we do make an exception for it, so from a Rabbanon, a rabbinic scholar, because he's, uh, you know, even to his detriment, he never will, he, you know, he's not, he's very honest. Um, so that, uh, and, and we have a story about that, where a story goes with Rav Ashi, he knew testimony to Rav Kahana. Rav Kahana said, do you remember the story? And he's like, no. Um, didn't happen like this and this? No, I, don't, I have no idea. In the end, Rav Ashi did remember, and he went and testified for Rav Kahana. Rav Kahana was very um, uncomfortable. <laughs> Here's Rav Ashi, you know, a minute ago he said he didn't know anything, and now he's telling him exactly uh, the story as he said it, to, as he told him. So he got nervous. So he told him, what, you think I'm relying on you? No, I, I, I was able to concentrate and draw up the memory. Uh, based, you know, you jog, you were able to jog my memory after my, you know, thinking into it. I'm not going to say over just because you told it to me like that. That's not, you know, I'm not, <laughs> don't suspect me of doing that. Anyway, that's the story with that. We got into a little bit of a side subject, but it ties back into this idea of reminding, test, remembering testimony. So uh, there's a Mishnah in Aalos, um, is it, that's where it is, I think. Yeah. Um, in Allah that uh, talks about mounds, elevated, like a mound on the ground that's like elevated area. So there's a cheshash, there's a worry that maybe that was used for uh, to bury the dead. Um, so he said if it's close to the city or the, or the path, so then whether it's a new mound or an old mound, it's assumed to be tummy. If it's far from the city, then only new, the new ones are, fine, are assumed to be tar, but old ones are assumed to be tummy. What is close? 50 amas to the city limit. What is old? 60 years. That's Shittas Rameir reviewed and said, no, close is that there's no closer amount to the city. And uh, old is that uh, nobody remembers it. Now, what, is, what do we mean by a city, by a path? What kind of city path are we talking about? If it's just a regular city <coughs> and a regular, any road, so then why would we start just, we have no basis to say that there's Tumah here, all of a sudden assume that there's Tumah here. It's illogical. So Rav Rish Laksha explains that, you're right, what we're doing is, is we're limiting the Tumah to specific areas. And then uh, that's enabling the rest of the areas to be tar. So uh, what we mean by city um, here in this case is a city that's close to the cemetery. <coughs> and the path is the road, the road to the cemetery. 
So the road to the cemetery, we understand that sometimes you're traveling, trying to bury the dead close to the city, close to the uh, uh, close, you know, at the cemetery. But you couldn't, you couldn't make it. It got dark before, so you found an elevated area on the side, and that's where you buried the dead. Um, so that might happen um, because you know, obviously, you don't want to bury somebody at a, at a foot level. You want to bury somebody where it's going to be elevated, that nobody will step there. Okay. Uh, otherwise, it'll be a lack of respect. But a city that's near a base chorus isn't that all base chorus? So the answer is it's not due to the fact that it's near the base chorus, but women bury their their miscarriages, and mukashrin will bury their arms, um, and uh, right outside the city, uh, right outside the city, they don't want to leave it in the city, but that's where they would bury. And um, so sometimes she's going to go by herself to bury the miscarriage, and uh, she's not going to venture too far away from the city. So if there's a mound within 50 amas, that's where she'll do it, you know, according to her mayor, or to the closest mound. Um, if, there's, if it's farther than that, so then she wouldn't do it unless, it's, uh, uh, unless there's somebody with her. And then once there's somebody with her, she'll already go all the way to the cemetery. So um, that's the that's the concept. So what does Rav Chista derive out of this related to our topic? You see from a mayor that testimony lasts sixty years. That's your time limit to testify on things. So the Gemara says that's not a raya. That's only over there where it wasn't a real testimony. It was just an event that happened sixty years ago. Yeah, you're not going to remember it if it wasn't that significant. It's supposed to when you were told taken as a witness, you can remember it even farther than the sixty years. You don't have that limit at all, and that is. The story with that. Did we learn the Mishnah mm-hmm. yesterday? Mm-hmm. We, yes, did. we did. So yeah, we'll yes. just do review quickly the Mishnah. If one man says, This is my signature, and this is my friend's signature, the other man says, This is my, my signature, this is my friend's signature. So basically, we have two witnesses on both signatures, and that's valid. Um, uh, that's valid according to, uh, to, uh, uh, to Rabbi, basically. Um, but if this one says, uh, this is my signature, but I don't know the other guy's signature. And the other guy says, this is my signature, but I don't know about his. So we need a third party to testify about both signatures, and then we have two witnesses on each signature. That's she just wrote me. Chum say that's not necessary. So you really need two guys. One second, right. That's not necessary, Chum say. Chum say, all you need is, uh, I say that I recognize my signature, you say you recognize your signature, and that's called testimony, and that's good enough. We don't need further verification than that. We don't need two on each signature. And we'll see what the machlokas is in today's daf. Let's stop over here. Okay.